CEO of the Central Land Council and proud Aranda man, Les Turner, is here with us in the studio. Wera, welcome to Karma, Les. Thank you for coming in. Thank you very much for inviting me. The Land Council say that this change to the Act will see a big step towards greater Aboriginal control over the Aboriginal benefits account. How much control will Aboriginal people see? In terms of the legislation that was passed yesterday by the Australian Government, Aboriginal people in the Northern Territory have been lobbying to have the Aboriginal benefit account and this new investment account um, to come under Aboriginal control and that's been happening you know, for over 30, 40 years but picked up momentum in about 2015 when the, a joint meeting at Kalkaringi between the Northern Land Council and the Central Land Council um, <coughs> talked to the Minister and also put together a policy document in terms of how that could happen and some principles and in terms of the passing of the legislation by the Australian Government, it puts the control of the Aboriginal benefit account back into Aboriginal people's control. And that's a benefit for all Aboriginal people in the Northern Territory. For those who may not know, uh, can you maybe give as simple of an explanation possible as to what the Aboriginal benefits account is? The Aboriginal Benefit Account in this new legislation that was passed, the Aboriginal Land Rights Northern Territory Amendment Economic Empowerment Bill 21, means that the first time Aboriginal, it'll be an Aboriginal controlled body and decisions will be made by the ABA in Northern Territory and it distributes the equivalence of royalties generated by mining in on Aboriginal land across the Northern Territory. And the account will initially be set up and it'll be a whole new entity where it'll employ its own CEO, it will have its own board, land councils, the four land councils in the Northern Territory will have two members each. There'll be two independents appointed by land councils and there'll be two independents appointed by the government. And they will set up the the new body and it'll be in terms of a investment fund or endowment fund where investments will be looked at similar to probably the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council that it's got its own endowment fund and in terms of its investments Aboriginal people in New South Wales have been operating that for you know the last 30 years as well mm. and in terms of its investments the similar one that will be set up in the Northern Territory, we hope, you know, would be similar to investments that could be done, which uh, make the fund grow and also benefit Aboriginal people in the Northern Territory. I will put to you some criticisms and criticisms of some of these uh, new amendments that were put in the bill. I noticed that some MPs were saying that uh, they hoped that money that was transferred to the investment corporation from the Aboriginal benefits account is not misused. And there's uh, that a reasoning that there should also be more allocation of money to communities more generally, as opposed to seeing what kind of 
investments like mining or things like that can be used on land. What would you say to that kind of criticism? I think the criticism is a bit unfounded. In, I think in terms of the, the investment fund, initially there'd be $500 million put into the account for the entity to manage. Further to that, there's an extra $60 million per year for the next three years in terms of meeting the social and economic stuff, in terms of the current ABA grants. And Aboriginal people are accountable in terms of that. And the, the new entity will have all the policies and procedures developed in terms of ensuring you know, accountability, transparency around those new arrangements. There's also been some criticism that this new process will give a much more faster pathway to mining to be um, held on people's lands, on traditional owners' lands. Now, you know as much as I do that there is certainly a lot of discussion in regards to the Beetaloo Basin about fracking gas projects there. Do you think that this will give a green light to mining companies and other resources industries that it will be a much more easier process for them to access land? Look, I think it's good to understand that, you know, in the Northern Territory, we operate under two regimes. One's the Aboriginal Land Rights Act, in terms of the land granted under that, and the processes involved with that. And then we have the Native Title Act and its regime that operates. In terms of veto rights um, under the Land Rights Act, that can happen and, you know, be mm. reviewed after five years. In terms of the Native Title Act, there's a right to negotiate and there's, you know, procedures in place for both of those regimes. And in terms of traditional owners being consulted, mm. we think that process we got in place and uh, is pretty sound. It doesn't benefit mining companies. It gives us the right to sit down and negotiate and also in terms of if we say no, um, companies can come back in five years' time under the Aboriginal Land Rights Act. In the debate for this bill in the Senate uh, earlier this week, um, Green Senator Lydia Thorpe opposed this bill. She says that feedback she gets from traditional <coughs> owners and family clan groups in the Northern Territory uh, about this bill uh, is that, quote, communities have had absolutely no idea about this bill and what it will mean to them. What do you say to that? Oh, look, I think it's um, important to tell people the Central Land Council and the other four land council, three land councils in the Northern Territory have been talking about the amendments and the proposal and the passing of the legislation, as I mentioned earlier, you know, for the last 20 to 30 years. Aboriginal people are elected to, say, the Central Land Council by their constituents and it's a 90-member council and a lot of consultations with our council and executive has happened and that's in terms of the consultation. We think that was good and we also, you know, encourage, you know, our elections for Central Land Council is in April next year and it's important for Aboriginal people to to get involved on the the council and the election process and uh, in terms of us developing this new body and, you know, making sure it works. 
what kind of projects would you like to see come out of this new arrangement now? I mean, we, we've spoken about investments, but I personally, for Les Turner, what would you like to see? I think it's a bit of a watershed in terms of the new arrangements and it's Aboriginal people making decisions on applications that came from Aboriginal people. And in terms of investments, the way, you know, the structure, there'll probably be, you know, the board, but there's also probably should be, you know, the, in terms of the structure, not trying to have any preconceived ideas, but mm. an investment committee and in terms of advice to the board in terms of its investments and where that should be. And it's probably important aspect that, you know, is in terms of accountability and transparency and making sure there's growth within that fund. And it's um, probably, I go back to the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council and Aboriginal people in control of that fund. And the growth of that fund has been that substantial. And over the years, the fund has outgrown or out the Treasury Corp, New South Wales, uh, each year. And, you know, in terms of us setting up this new entity, the whole purpose was will be to grow the fund. And I think we've put in the appropriate, you know, frameworks and policies and procedures to ensure that. Mr Turner, on to another topic. You would have seen that laws that would have meant IDs would have to be presented at the ballot box have now been scrapped by the Morrison government. You at the CLC, as well as the Northern Land Council, were very vocally against this uh, legislation and had said that there wasn't enough consultation in regards to it. And what's your reaction to this latest development? Well, I'm glad the you know, Australian Parliament has got rid of that proposed legislation because it was not helpful in terms of um, Aboriginal people, in terms of our voting, and it was calling into question, you know, I think um, that legislation might have been a bit racially based, could have been aimed at, you know, the Cedar Lingiari in terms of, you know, given we have a big Aboriginal population. And, you know, our arguments, we spoke out on it in terms of the bill and its inadequacies. And uh, I think the outcome is good for all Aboriginal Territorians. I do want to just lastly bring to you a point that was made by Senator Jackie Lambie when she was saying that she was not going to support this bill. She said, quote, that laws may have had a bigger impact on the Indigenous community than everyone else, but that didn't make the law racist. All the law was proposing to do was to ask for identification and that wasn't racist to ask for identification. She kind of also pointed out an example of if you needed to, you know, give out your identification at the airport. What do you make of that suggestion from Senator Lambie? Well, I think the question's got to be about the integrity of our um, electoral system. And, you know, I don't think there's been any fraud or major fraud across this country. And I think we got one of the best, you know, electoral systems in the world. You'd have to say that enrolment and uh, participation in federal and territory elections are not good. Um, what would you want to see implemented to try and get more people out to vote? 
from remote communities or the Aboriginal community in the Territory? Yeah, I think, you know, previously the Australian Electoral Commission used to have a whole unit that looked after, you know, engagement and enrolment of Aboriginal people on the electoral roll. But, you know, as I understand it at the moment, there's approximately 16,000 Aboriginal people who are eligible to vote in the Northern Territory but are not on the roll. And there were some amendments previously that allowed um, the increase or the eligibility and the enrolment, which was a a good initiative to grow the electoral role in terms of Aboriginal people's participation. I would also note that the Electoral Commission has just been uh, in receipt of some funding from the Commonwealth Government to look at initiatives to um, encourage Aboriginal participation in the electoral process and we'd be, you know, grateful and hopeful that, you know, that money could be rolled out here in the Northern Territory to assist us in terms of um, getting more Aboriginal people on the electoral roll. And part of the problem previously is that, you know, in terms of the electoral roll and having people on there was had no postal address or the community store, um, there's no streets or, you know, in terms of having that information. And I think, you know, with the recent announcement to get rid of that bill, uh, I think it's been good for um, Aboriginal Northern Territory people. I just encourage, if you're not enrolled and you're eligible, get on the roll and make your vote count. Have your say. It's important you get on the roll and you you vote. (laughs) Mr Turner, thank you very much for talking to us here at Karma Radio. No worries. No worries. Look forward to speaking to you.